0: Let me say that the political crime I would like the
1: political happy. This is the News Made Us Do This podcast. It's myself, Lex, here with my boy Ace you are not middle class, you are not black white. Joy, one podcast at a time, discussing all things, all things. All things. Statistically, it looks like in London, yeah. right now, yeah.
2: this is predominantly a problem of young
0: black
2: teenage boys yeah. oh, there's so much to talk about right now it's actually like phenomenal the way the rate the world is moving right now like with all of this extra time that we we have on our hands due to covid 19 it looks like you know human beings are becoming more focused, more attentive to their surroundings and what's going on in their lives in their own personal lives and in the political and in, in the political scope of things as well so um just touching on that first point I made is that the fact that we are still in covid nineteen pandemic you know the world is still people are still dying from this disease all over the world there's still no sure cure they're talking about. Trials for vaccinations. I'm having conversations from mainstream media that the um my man, what's his name? Matt Han- Matthew Hancock. Matt
1: Hancock. Matt Hancock
2: yeah. yeah. He's aiming to um, trial the initial phase on the BAME community. Um, I mean, like, <laughs> <up> said. <laughs> Good luck, bro. Good luck. Oh. Um, that's all
1: I've got to say. I, I, I saw the same article. And literally, I had to laugh, man, good luck to them trying to pin down like, again, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to coerce us into taking these um, uh, or having these uh, 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 vaccines, but, you know, I wouldn't even call myself an anti-vaxxer, but in regards to this specific vaccine, one. I don't think it will be uh, uh, sensible for anyone to take a vaccine that's been rushed through trials, you know? Yeah, 100%. I appreciate the uh, urgency due to the fact that we're in a pandemic. But again, nothing to be insensitive, but when we look at the numbers as a proportion and as a whole, particularly in this country, I think it has been handled terribly by the conservatives, but I don't think the pandemic is to a level or to a scale where such a vaccine should to be rushed and then tested especially and then used on people especially when they said black people should be uh will be first in trials and it's it's um it all it all feels and it all feels a bit sinister because obviously yeah we know the stats we know that black people are obviously a higher rate of um contracting and then also dying from COVID from our white counterparts but we know this isn't there isn't no genetic it's not a genetic thing it's not like you know, black people have a genetic disposition to catching it. Well, that's the reason why we're catching it. It's mm-hmm. all because of social, social, economic matters and institutionalized racism. Those
2: it was are the the, yeah, it that's, was.
1: That's the reason why.
2: Yeah, you're right. It was like when it when it comes to understanding the reason why the uh, the BAME community were facing the forefront of and the full brunt of the initial wave of the COVID nineteen deaths and illnesses. I guess it came because of a system, as opposed to systemic, it came from systematic design, design that Mm. a lot of the people that were obviously prior to Brexit labelled non-essential workers and then post-Covid became labelled frontline workers. Key workers were literally on the front line. They're the disposable people essentially front line they're using the terms in the military to let those people know that in the in those in those industries and in those jobs you are a temporary matter whilst you may be crucial and incremental uh, you you are you are disposable essentially and they were true to it you know the tories were true to it you know fair play to them and i've just seen that they've put through a policy that will ensure that um none of the that the student nurses they get their their deals of the those teams get terminated and that um you know after them being paid only for one work um one month of work they're being left without without an income and all, it was all of these student nurses that were called to the front line, called to risk their lives. The people that they kind of made a it's like a mockery, you know. I mean it was Thursday yesterday and it was yeah. eight, and, and and it hit eight PM uh, and I went out to listen and I, I heard nothing, you know?
1: Nope. And no, at the same
2: time, that that simultaneously, while they've also denounced the clapping for the NHS, they've also now you know started basically dismantling the the lives of the people who who who, who supported the system. Yeah. They've got back to their agenda yeah. of privatization, and this disposable. Tory government is is, is really astonishing.
1: It, because it's because these people are disposable. These people were never part of any. Um... Grand design of bolstering our NHS or anything like that. It really just was. Oh, you know, we need more bodies, so put these put these uh, inexperienced uh, 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 students on the front line uh, to take the hit. And then now that we don't need them anymore, that's it. Cut their contracts and then move them and put them back into. Cause I don't know how much it is to study to be a nurse, but I heard the that debt's ridiculous. Yeah, like, you it know, is. it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah that, that bro like you said it's it's, 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 uh, systematic. Mm-hmm. it's systematic it's systematic it, it was it was it was done by design um the Tories know what they're doing you know you're saying the clapping thing at eight o'clock is done now Yeah, it's done like it was it was it was a it was a empty gesture anyway I never done it it was an empty gesture you know didn't do nothing. what should have happened is after after lockdown, irrespective of what the economy looks like. Anyone that's considered a frontline or key worker should be given a bonus or some sort of tax incentive or something like that. But but what do they do? They cancel contracts and and people, you know, go back to living their daily lives, uh, probably better, worse off than they were before.
2: Exactly, yeah. And it's and you know, these people that we're talking about are people that have literally risked their lives to prevent the lives of the greater masses from being as affected as the government actually planned for us to be, you know, they came in to help a short staffed system when realistically a lot of the people that they also called were retired and some retired doctors that came back and retired like medical staff that actually came back from retirement to support team actually ended up suffering some of the fatalities, you know? So it's a big slap in the face to see that, um, the Tory government backing of this of, of this key institution of Britain, the NHS, is only temporary and fickle, based on public perception. And you know what? It was amazing for them to show their true colours, and for the media as well to once again show their true colours in their yeah. lack of scrutiny for the part of the day when um, someone that is a magnificent role model. You know, he's a he's a England England football player, and he yeah he represents. He represents England very well on that front in terms of his footballing ability and mindset and also his off-the-pitch contribution. And that's Marcus Rashford. I mean, yep. he was All doing silently. Rashford. You know, yeah, shout him out, bro. Big him up. Let's like the round of applause. like Because he was doing this silently and he was just raising money on his own back and doing his campaign. And when I yeah. say silently, I mean he wasn't directly appealing to the government to step in and support. He was actually just fundraising, doing grassroots fundraising, using his his um, position, his position, special position within society as a professional footballer to reach out to millions of people. And he actually managed to raise um, £20 million on his own yeah. to actually support the initiative of ensuring that those that are the most in poverty and at risk of starving through summer are given yeah. at least one meal. It's not even like... Three meals here, nah, literally one meal. Five mil. course yeah. meal. It's literally one meal a day. You know that, that the bare minimum. And then yeah. he's bi- congrats to him because he's been successful on his own. But then he's also managed to get the the government to support this into a nationwide bid. And you know what? Kudos to him because it was difficult for him. But why was it difficult for him? Because of this awful austerity believing government that we have. You know the Tories. They They are so adamant on making these public cuts that they they actually felt confident enough to publicly reject Marcus Rashford's appeal for them to continue the school lunches, only to then do a U-turn backed by the media who, who failed to scrutinize, who failed to criticize their initial response of saying no. I mean, how can they come out and blatantly say, oh, yeah, you know, it's good that people can change their minds. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's good that people have change their mind, but over children going hungry. You want us to celebrate the fact that you, you, you made a U-turn on, after having decided to let millions of children
1: go hungry. A as a
2: choice.
1: As a joke. Absolute joke. Absolute joke. This would have been career suicide for the Tories. But this is how, you know, this is like how... <laughs> out of touch, unsympathetic uncaring this this current government is. The fact that they were willing to let children go without uh, an essential meal every day over the summer, that they were willing to do it, and it literally took Marcus Rashford putting mm-hmm. pressure on the government. And, I, you know, I really have to respect Marcus Rashford, even the way he did it, the way he went about it, the way he moved, it wasn't like, you know, any... Um, any... Uh, uh, what would I say? He wasn't trying to, like... Uh, berate the government or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he just said, "Look, this isn't um, this is unfair." You know, he sent a letter to the he sent a letter to the PM. This is unfair. You know, he he put his money where his mouth is because he's 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 put money up. He's donated. He's done. He's done all, all what he needs to do to get the government to make a an adequate response. Exactly. Um, and yeah, and and you know, shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to him. Real. Shout out to him
2: for real, man. Shout to for him. Yeah. big him up.
0: <laughs> yeah. legendary,
2: yeah, legendary so um, to you guys. welcome to the show, Ricky Queens
0: How you doing, my bro? What's good? what's good? What's good? I'm on a crazy sleeping plan. I just woke up.
2: Tell us about it, man. how's your lockdown been?
0: well, literally first first couple weeks, I felt like I was like getting into some new Zen, some new Zen mode of living, you know, and then I feel like it's deteriorated. Over the last latter bit, and then now today, just with all the shit that's happening in the world, mm. shit. Sometimes sleep is the kill to the depression. World.
2: Nah, I mm. understand, man.
0: You know that one day, yeah. so I yeah. just woke up. Yeah. So yeah,
2: this is real as it gets. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, How are you guys?
1: Man? All good, bro.
2: Yeah, we're good. Things God, man. man.
1: Just out here. Amen. Amen. Inshallah.
2: Amen. Amen. So yeah, Ricky. Um, just for our um listeners that uh, may not know um you as well as we do, do you mind um giving them um, our listeners just a little background into who you are what you do?
0: Uh yeah, I'm Ricky Queens. Um, most people know me as a musician. I rap, I sing. I dropped to EP just over a month ago called "Fuck Corona." Hey, you know that one? There. Called "Fuck so, um, it's a crazy... People are bad. Yeah, when, yeah, it's a crazy thing. Everyone <laughs> takes their time when they get to that. But yeah, apart from that, I'm just, I'm just a guy trying to make his way through life, you know? Using his yeah. skills to accumulate wealth so that we, so I can spend it with my people. Right. And yeah, man, you know, trying to, trying to build a paradise somewhat, you know?
2: I feel you, Ashmoji, my G. to have a special conversation about... Um,
0: Krunda. I think it's like great to talk about Quanda um and basically like the the formula um behind Quanda from what I see how accessible it is um and yeah that's just an example of what I guess we can be doing as a tangible actionable change that we can all be a part of um rather than just Donating and l- hoping the work happens, you know? Mm-hmm. you know, like when people go to church and they donate to the church, and then they're like, Yep, that's it, all my sins are done, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, um, literally. So, yeah, when I first saw Kwanda, I was like, Okay, cool, this is the step in the direction that I guess I would like to take anyway, because everyone has their different roles, but I think that's the same direction that I would like to take, um, to see some change and what I believe in, I guess. So, um, what is it that, what is Kwanda? So Kwanda is, they've described it as a modern pot for black communities. Um, Kwanda is a global organization. I do not represent Kwanda by the way for anyone listening. So in case Kwanda come back and be like, yo, Ricky Queens, mm. he's not even us in our management team. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I'm just someone who just loves what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so what they call it a modern pot for black communities and I was actually just going through the Instagram before I was talking to you guys and they had given out um i think they they do like a week roundup of what they do, so essentially they're a global um charity and they specialize in creating the pot for the for black communities out of black communities, so they do stuff in Africa um if I can find my iPad, they were talking about how they've built... I'll get to it right now. Yeah, here I am. So they said they completed their second free group um, therapy session. They provided 98 homes and one orphanage in Benin and Togo with food support. And that was just this week. Um, And then in previous, I'm seeing that... um, They were previously in Nigeria before they went to Togo. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, to supply 40 to 50 homes with food provisions. Um, And then they also, so obviously, like, they, I like what they're doing because it's global. What I've seen so far is them working in Africa and doing some work in the UK. So there's, like, this is the next post. It said um, Lendo is raising 4,000 to feed vulnerable children from black communities in East London so like they actually partner with other charities to lend their support and i guess um with their demographic and their influence to, to kind of lend that and leverage that with other mm-hmm. charities so i like their approach um it's a, it's a very modern approach um yeah and i feel like that's a good way to start things you know
1: because yeah. yeah. oh, like you said like obviously with all the stuff that's going on black lives matter the movement is strong you know, we've seen a real shift in just the space that we're in, from like you know the corporate the corporate giants all releasing Black Lives Matter uh, posts and and saying that you know moving forward they're going to do this and they're going to do that. But there's also a, a large sector of us that want to do for self, you know, uh, away from away from these corporations. And the the only way, well, that I believe one of my one of the only ways I believe is group group economics. Mm. And like when you spoke to me about Kwanda, it, it's very. It sounded very much so like that route. Like literally, what I don't know the f- official stats now. I think there's a census that's going to be next year or something. But the last census, I think there was like three million black people now, and I say black—that's you know black African, black Caribbean, black Latino, everything. I think two point five or three million in the something. UK. If, like, in the UK, in the UK, yeah, yeah, Right. UK, yeah. Um... Uh, you know if, if 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 everyone gave a pound whatever mm-hmm. or even 50 pence a pot that's like a pound what three million pounds a year whatever in a pot something like that it's a, it's a war chest you know it's enough to like really build and build and uh, and improve our own communities um someone uh, i don't know if you've heard, but the the honorable elijah mohammed the leader of the or the former leader of the nation of islam he spoke about this a lot in america that's something that he wanted to introduce that a a a black um, uh, group economic bank where everyone just donates a dollar a dollar a month for something like that, for them to build farms and shops and stuff within their communities specifically. So it's definitely something that I feel like we need to start talking about as part of the diaspora, but specifically part of, part of like you know British society as Black British people, ways in which we can all pull together um, finances. And resources to help build our own communities, you know. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. Because um, it's like we mentioned on our last podcast when um, kind of I brought up uh, Black Wall Street and how Black organizations at one point were thriving within America and was uh, dismantled. It's good to see that in the present day and age we do have those, the reemergence of those of the Hydra of that system, and the fact that okay, cool, yeah, you've been trying to chop us down for quite a while in terms of while well, we're, we're involved in your systems. but in today's present age, we are still fighting that same battle to establish our our economic front as a black community and as a black people within the Western, Western world, you know? And, it, oh, yeah. and it's, it's a good egg, example for a lot of the discussion on the solutions that have been presented forward onto how we can as a people better enrich and add value to ourselves and our, our community so therefore big shout out to Kwanda and other services that are out there like that that we are between ourselves we may not be aware of and you know if you're listening now and you are aware of such um such organizations please feel free to dm our instagram page and um send us send us um the, the references on this information to at TNN, sorry, TNM UDT underscore podcast. That is TNM UDT underscore podcast.
0: Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, if also like, because what I'm doing right now is I'm just building a concept that is just for the UK. Yeah. And I believe um, companies like Quanda they play a major role and essentially being like a mother company for, I guess, what we want to be doing on a smaller regional basis because they cover such a wide span from Africa to UK. I don't know if they're doing work in the US, but I'm sure whenever they can, they probably may. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously I feel like, you know, like with you know with the government, they have um, councils, they have local authorities, they have regional authorities and all that. I feel like we also, as much as, because with Cranda, And I forgot to mention, but you guys did mention it somewhat. Their whole um, blueprint of raising the capital is through a donation of £1 every month. Um, And yeah, like you guys said, there's 3 million people inside the UK. If they donated £1 a month, like literally, that's what I was was literally thinking. If 100,000 people, I was even just saying 100,000 people, they donate £1 a month, at the end of the year, we've touched 1.2 million. And if that money is only going to um, the UK community, so let's say if we started in um, impoverished areas um, where um, our communities are. So we could pick, I don't know, three boroughs in London, uh, three boroughs in Birmingham, three boroughs in Bristol, three boroughs in Manchester, and mm-hmm. then start looking at what similar issues do they have across the board, and then starting to address those underlying issues, whether it's something that needs you to actually now use the capital to invest in something, could it could be a youth club or anything. But then it could also be um just being on the ground. So having um people from the organization go on the ground and go into these communities and just spend time with the people there. You just see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um I feel like there's many ways we can address stuff um on the ground level because um, everyone has their role to play. So um I was definitely gonna say if people wanna join that conversation, um definitely hit me up um on my Instagram or whatever, it's my name, Ricky Queens, R I um the um black um group sorry, group economy. It's very, very interesting because I was talking to Ace about this the other day and I call it um um, um group enterprise. So it's very similar <laughs> that we have these notions. Yeah, very, yeah, very yeah, similar. Yeah. Um, and it's very powerful because like we were having the conversation, you know, it's like, I think with, with black people, we've, we've gone through quite a lot of evolutionary changes. You know, we've gone from, from, from it's literally being slaves to being owners. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that the, the middle ground between that sometimes get blurred because with black people, we don't have, people don't give us an attainable level of standard it's either we have to be excellent or we have to be shit. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like with, with the, with the, um, group enterprise thing, it's a level of everyone can be owners, but we can all, all own the same thing as well. You know, um, five people could have 20% in a company that makes a billion a year, or one person could have hundred percent of a company that makes 1 million a year. Do you see exactly. what I'm saying? And if we start to look at things in that way, Um, and understand that my wealth is your wealth, then we will, I believe, even just with our business decisions we make with each other, we will definitely have a mutual shared vision and know Mm -hmm. where we're going. So these things are very important um, for our youth to understand, you know, because they be we grew up in such a crabs in a barrel environment and it's not our fault. They built the barrel. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, So now it's just a level of, you know, we, we use the knowledge that we have and pass it on to the youths, them, um, and try and create that conversation amongst them because we know how smart we were when we were dead. When we were young, yeah. Facts, facts. Get me? So, yeah, I was on film, i well. Um, facts.
1: But I also, got, like you're saying, bro, Like, I think it also goes down to where we spend our pounds as well, man. It really does go down to where we spend our pounds because, like, in our school today that apparently the UK black British spending power is somewhere at 300 billion or something like that for wow. the UK in America it's something ridiculous like 12 trillion or something, yeah. or something like obviously there's a lot more of them there but um, 300 billion bro like if we all make like more of a mental uh, uh, what I, I think I used this a couple of, um podcasts ago like a paradigm shift in our mind to be like look mm-hmm. you know what at right, cool we all spend 100 pound a week in test scores. Let's try and focus that and try, I don't know, look for a black owned grocery store somewhere. And even if we spend half of that with them and then get our, the rest that we get from Tesco's, whatever, 50% there, 50% here, that makes a huge difference to, to our communities. Like, mm-hmm. but also, I have to, we have to also remember, like, with us, we also live in areas where gentrification's slowly taking us out. So you know we we all grew up in areas where it's predominantly I you know black and Asian people whatever and now you know most, the majority of your block now might be white people from Dorset or something like that and it's like you know and these people are coming with they're coming with wealth from their areas and they're setting up vape shops or, or or avocado latte shops and stuff like that so Auntie can't open her bloody patty shop or or Uncle can't open his his grocery store that serves that sells plantain but also serves organic oat milk and stuff like that to help mm-hmm. them and them nourish their bodies and that. So it's a weird one because it's like, you know, I think we all live in Hackney, Haringey, whatever, respectively, yeah? And recently is the, there's a black-owned uh, grocery store that's opened up in Tottenham. And I love, I love it because it's like, the man them are just all parking up in Audi, not going to Audi, and getting straight to this black-owned store and spending their, and spending their money. Wavy. You know? Wavy. Is, is, bro, it's wavy And I love wavy. it And I, I always said to them they, where, they, where they've positioned themselves Is so great Because it's like Obviously people want to drive or whatever So they've got the parking space there For people to just Park up there Whatever Go get whatever they need To get from the, the on store And at the end of the day No one's saying that Obviously sometimes They ain't got certain things So yeah, you might have to go To your, your, your big supermarkets That's what these supermarkets Are there for To be able to cater for Like a whole demographic of people Irrespective of where you're from In the world Um but I really do think it's about us really focusing and trying to spend our money more with people that look like us. It's not even just buying an odd T-shirt now and again from the mandem that are opening T-shirt lines and stuff. It really is about, you know, uh, like I said, food, uh, 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 skincare, hair care, you know, all these all, all these things. So the, the markets are out there and the, the, the industries are out there and the, the, the business people are out there doing it. You don't necessarily black hole and this is something I keep seeing online, which I'm, I love. Black home don't mean cheaper or anything like that. It means it's just. Yeah, black home. You know, we have to, we have to support that. We have to support that, irrespective of it, man. We really do. Like I've, I've said this before, a couple of years back, I was like, yeah, I think i like, a couple of summers back, I was like, oh, I'm gonna cop more like gums from like the Mandem and all that kind of stuff. I ain't I ain't got, I didn't go through with it for whatever reason because maybe I didn't see nothing I liked, but. Now I,
2: I got, I got my clothing huh? in there for you.
1: Yeah, bro, then bring me in it. Bring yeah, me because the, the mandem are really like the mandum are like really bro, and, nice. the, and the, the, sorry, I keep saying the mandem. When I say the mandem, I'm I'm using that to talk about Our everyone, else, guys, trans, non binary, whatever. But like the women, black women especially, yeah, my hat I take all my hats off to them because mm-hmm. they are really putting in that work. They really are. They're the trendsetters, the they're the market movers. They're, the, 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 listen, man. they're doing listen, black women are oh, man, honestly, they're doing everything. There's, there's not there's, there's there. not one I can't think of any market that we all kind of benefit from like or that we all kind of spend our money in, whether that's scams or music or, or or hair products or whatever, that black women ain't trying to put their foot their um footprint on. Like, honestly, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. But, yeah, we just need to start moving. We just need to start being more conscious about spending our money black. Black, 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 black. 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 Mm-hmm. And boycott supermob, because them not still ain't put out their, their... who works for them. So, boycott supermont. Yeah. And... It's
0: very bullshit. No, go on, go on, Ricky. I was going to say, it's very interesting, because, like, even with the money situation, I was going to say... um. It's, it's very important that we just all remember that we all have different roles and we all make sure we are playing our role. So like me, I'm not that clued up in, um, in banking, clued up in finance, but not in banking. And uh, um, there's two tiers of this. We definitely need um, black banks because you saying that my man from Dorset came to Hackney and started his avocado and flipping organic coffee shop, yeah? reason why I can do that, even if his parents ain't got money, is because the bank's still giving him loans. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if we're able to... So I can't do that, but I know there's black bankers out there. I know there's men out there who work in the banking system and understand things more than me and understand that we don't have to be HSBC to have a startup, a financial solution startup. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, Because even in this COVID thing, I've been understanding from, from my business standpoint, from my business perspective, getting loans within this COVID thing and all these bounce back schemes and all of this, um, you can get like like really good offers from financial solutions or from banks. So, you know, I don't know everything about So I'm saying it's, it's up to like your role. And obviously the people who are listening now, like if, if you work in a banking system right now, I'm talking to you, you know, to, to just think, what can you do? And who do you know within your circle? It's not just you. You just start having conversations with people in your circle and you guys start building in silence. Do you see what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. then next thing you know, we'll we'll all be using you um, for, like, all black businesses could be using you to store their money, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, rather than storing our money in other places, you know, that don't really give us a better deal on our our capital. Um, And then also the last thing was, yeah, I've heard of another thing called Kingdom Pay. I don't know if it works in the UK yet. But Kingdom Pay is a black-owned financial transaction service, so like PayPal, um, basically. So if you want to buy stuff online, you need to use a transactional vendor to complete the process. Kingdom Pay is one, and they're black-owned. So cool. um, yeah, even black businesses, um, if you sell stuff in your shop and all that, contact Kingdom Pay. See how you can get involved. You know, this is this is how we start to create the little cogs in the machine that work mm-hmm. for us. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what? To touch
2: on um, kind of like where um, both yourself and Lex left off is that, you know, this this shift in the paradigm that Lex mentioned both now and in our previous podcast and, you know, Ricky's mentioned on uh, spending and investing and having black banks. I believe it. it doesn't, it's not about, this position is not about having an opposition. This position, just to clarify, is more about adding value and enriching also a common shared idea of self-respect, that we respect one another so much so that once any of us are entering any enterprise, venture or business, there's a support system from within the community. This is not a call to just simply just boycott every mega brand or whatever. This is a call instead to shift to support, you know. It's all positive. People. Anyone who feels negative or defensive from what we're asking from needs to really dig deep and ask themselves, is this about you? Does this really concern you? Do you think the, decision, the reason we've made this appeal and are making this decision is really just to annoy you? Or is it really about increasing the quality of life the self-respect and value and the respect of a whole community. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So, no cap. If you don't enjoy it, I invite you to unsubscribe and not to listen because fact is there's there's, there's, there's no other choice at this time, you know. This is what we must do in order for us to find our way out of of this grim reality that we find ourselves waking up to day in, day out, you know, because... Like Ricky said earlier, sleeping sometimes is definitely the best way to get through a lot of this bullshit that is happening in our faces. The pain that we wake up to that you can't make up, you know? Like, sleeping is only... That's the, the The maddest thing is that we have to wake up to it. Every day, wake up to this expected anxiety, this new wave of expected anxiety, this continued machine that continues to add more reasons to be in pain, continues to add more reasons to not feel joy, you know what I mean? And that Adam day, like I said, at this point, we're tired, and it's not a matter about tolerating or intolerance. We're tired of this oppression, this state of consensual oppression, and you know what? It is literally the last we're not pushing back. We're not, not, no more.
0: That's what this is about. It's about. Can I ask you guys a question?
2: Yeah.
0: Every day that you've woken up, probably over the last two weeks, um, have you how aware of your mind state and feelings have you been? Like as soon as you wake up, in comparison to maybe before the last two weeks,
2: mate. Do you wanna go answer go first, like
1: yeah, I was gonna say yeah, probably more so. Definitely more so. What I've been doing recently, which I haven't been doing for a very, very long time, is waking up and first thing, first thing is grabbing my phone, just to just to plug in to the world and see what's going on, see what other fuckeries is going on. Like after the killing of George Floyd, literally every morning as soon as I wake up, I'll be on my phone for like a good hour, just mm-hmm. getting angry, you know, reading other stories and 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 don't know things that's happening like. Brianna Taylor still not finding the police officers for her Um, uh, and then obviously just a wave of information like this thing this situation has brought on a wave of information so he's also learning at the same time as well like you know just about things that's happening in our country and showing that our country is not innocent when it comes to police brutality and other systemic issues that affect um, black people disproportionately so I, I would say I'll probably get my, it gets me wowed up in the mornings if that makes mm. make sense. Um, and it's interesting. So yeah, definitely, I'll definitely say I'm more aware in the sense that of my feelings and how I feel towards um, the situation and the, the, the mood of the world, I would say, or the mood of, well, I can't say the world because we've all been in quarantine, but the mood mm-hmm. of, on, of, of everything online mm. and, you know, the, the discussions.
0: You can say the world, world, by the way, um, because obviously, like, what well, was the biggest civil rights movement that Sunday, you know, um, yeah. 18, fifty states, eighteen countries. So you can mm-hmm. say the world.
1: Yeah, that's true. You can.
0: World the same way. no hundred percent,
1: hundred And the movie, like, this is like I was saying to, I think to Ace, like last last week, um, after the protest, we obviously recorded, and um, we were saying, like, how we felt afterwards, and you know, we was, we was like tired um and exhausted but same way we still use words like motivated uh, uh um not excited but like you know Energized. excited for what could come because the movement is the movement is, is strong man and people are people are still out there on the streets in america every day pushing for this you know there's like i could say personally from my uh, employers have we had a, like a black lives matter forum. Which was uh, it was distasteful, to be honest with you, because a lot of people coming to bring up. What well, Matter thing. Can you but, tell us more about
0: like, that, because I've, got, yeah, I've, I've worked, heard from bro, a recent experience so or so someone else I like
1: out. to share as well. Uh, all right. So we well, anyway we had the Black Lives Matter forum, which I was surprised. About. I was I was even taken aback that we were having one. Um, so I thought, cool. At first, to be honest, to give my to give my thoughts. Firstly, I wasn't actually going to join it because I I knew what it was going to be. I knew it was going to be a lot of. Um, um, oh, I feel scared to talk and, and, and I feel pressure and all this kind of stuff and, and all this, but it was even worse than that. We had uh, white people saying they've been victims of racism because they haven't got certain jobs because certain, you know, public uh, funded uh, institutions were looking to diverse. Um, we've had people saying that they felt scared when they see things like silence is violence and that they feel scared mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff um uh we had uh uh, other even i hate using this term but for this for this for this discussion i'll use it other people of color non-black people of color saying that you know all lives matter and all this kind of stuff um i believe that when i when i was first signed into the conversation the discussion was on um, the statues and i think me ace both said in the previous podcast that the statues thing don't move me like that. It doesn't. It for me, doesn't. that's that can happen. It could they're like I'm happy for it to happen. Like don't get get rid of all the statues. I don't really care. But it doesn't move me. If 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 at the end of the day they said, Oh, we to will dismantle systemic racism in, in the workplace, in education, in police, um police reforms, all that kind of stuff, but they wanna keep all their statues, they can do that. That's all right. That's their country. I don't mind. I'm a pan Africanist, so I don't have my spirit not really in the country like that. So I don't really care. But um uh you know, if that's what they want to do, that's cool. But yeah, that, that was the, the, the discussion we had in our forum and it was just, it was so bad, man. It was mm. so, so bad. And, then, and it made me compelled to talk and I just basically had to reshift our conversation and say like, hi guys, like there's a hundred of us in this conversation and it's great and I'm happy that we're having this conversation. I applaud you for it. But the, the forum is called Black Lives Matter. If you're not going to talk about your anti-blackness in some of your families, in the workplace, etc., then I don't know what we're having this discussion for. It's about mm. anti-blackness. What's this?
0: Yeah, I can see it. It's calm. We're good. Okay,
1: cool. mm-hmm. okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Because for me, I, I, I want to also drum it down in this conversation. It's not. A, we're not having a racism discussion. We're having an anti-blackness discussion. Anti-blackness. Exactly. For me, it's anti-blackness because it's prevailing in, in white communities, Asian communities, mm-hmm. uh, uh, even and it's, it's anti-blackness could run so deep. Even some black communities black, anti-blackness. It's so it runs so deep. In Puerto Rico, they don't think they're black.
0: Dominique not, not,
1: not have this Dominique, they don't think they're, they're this mulatto solidarity that doesn't exist. That like they're all they're they're black. And that's how deep this this shit runs.
0: Yeah no nah. But yeah
1: that's my that was my uh experience sorry uh, at uh, uh, work. Yeah. What was the experience you were gonna talk about? I
0: was only gonna say and I actually still wanna get to obviously Ace's um perspective of how he's been waking up in the morning. I definitely haven't forgotten um, but touching on what you just said Basically, you know, I have someone obviously in my team That I'm working with And um, because I'm releasing some, I'm releasing a music video soon No one knows you, I've, you. The first announcement has actually been here But I have to announce it so that I can clarify What I'm talking about So yeah, you got that um, Yeah, in a music video I essentially do a tribute To what's going on today And um, Yeah, obviously They were quite interested in like one the motive behind it and two does the action get communicated um does the action communicate the intention basically Mm -hmm. and that's what i find very interesting um nowadays because the conversation we had was a lot it ended up being a two-day conversation um because what i've seen is black people also don't want to see black lives matter or the movement being misrepresented by people or um, being used as a gimmick mm-hmm. by people as well. And this conversation stemmed into their workplace. And it, this is kind of where the, where the kind of energy to confront me and ox me about this, it came from initially what's going on in work. And in work, it's realizing that I'm, I'm still, so I'll speak on a person's behalf to keep the anonymity. I work in a white company. Um, they, they operate in black culture The heads of the company are white But they want to create a um, I don't know, for lack of a better word A black manifesto to say what they're going to do To change um, structural racism Within their company And then what they noticed is When they were at the meeting They realised how out of touch Everyone was from the actual Cause It's, like, it's just like what you're saying like everyone's in the conversation, but they're not talking about the actual cause. You mm-hmm. know, they're talking about how their reality fits into the cause. But if you're not black, your reality fits into the cause in probably a oppressional way without you knowing. And that's what the whole, that's what this whole thing is about, you know, mm-hmm. and people seem to miss that. So it's like, it's very interesting, like how even in the workplace, you It's like going to school, you'd expect your teacher to be right and you go to school, your teacher's wrong. It's like shocking for the first time. Do you know what I mean? You go to work and you expect the management to be on point, you know? And yeah, I feel like even with that, um, companies that don't have black people in their management should be consulting their black employees as a focus group to lead what they want to do with whatever um, um, anti-black, anti-racism, black manifesto, whatever way they want to call it they need black people to be involved in that. If black people are not involved in that, there are, are so many slip-ups that happen that if you slip up in while trying to create your solution, the damage could be more adverse than you just not talking in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like that, that, that is definitely um, something that's going on in the workplace that I feel like black people feel unheard and they feel like they, they want to tell... Like, you know, their white counterparts, what really is going on, but they're scared of, would there be change after I've said this? And if there's no change, do you guys now just judge me in your minds? Because I've told you, I've, I've put my heart in a sleepy, you know? And no, if yeah. nothing happens, then you're mocking me behind closed doors. You know, that's how, that's Fact. the paranoia we go through. Fact. No, legit,
2: legit, legit. And yeah. it's, it's, it's funny because I was kind um, of mentioning this type of conversation earlier today. It's about, like, the bully is bullying the victim. The victim has spoken out and people have, you know, arisen that have also been victimised. And then the bullies believe it's up to them to decide what the best way to react will be and how it affects their lives. It's not about what the bully wants or how the bully feels in this situation. It's about making sure that the bully is unable to bully, and the victim isn't left in a state of victimhood or constant victimhood. You know, and that is what the perspective shift that, like these, um, that these oppressors need to understand that that's not that's all. We're gonna we're not gonna settle for anything, nothing less, nothing more, nothing less. You know what I'm trying to say, and um, and yeah, and even. Speaking on this note, today obviously is um well today we're recording our podcast before we release it. Obviously this is a pre pre recorded podcast, but it's um June nineteenth, twenty ten, twenty twenty. So it's um actually Juneteenth. It's which has now recently become more of a
1: Oh is it Juneteenth
0: today?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Juneteenth today yeah. still. Hold tight, hold tight all my African Americans.
0: I keep it real, yeah. I do not know much about this Juneteenth thing. I just know apparently that's when they abolished slavery. If you yes, guys want, explain it to me on your facts.
2: list. I'm on the Google. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly spit some, spit a couple of wikis. You know, let me drop, let me keep it to Virgil. No, speak on it. Speak spit on a it. couple of wikis, yeah. Speak on it. Man's gonna let the wiki yeah, leak. Speak on it. All right, wiki speaks right now. This is how wiki speaks. So it's Juneteenth, yeah. So um, this is a holiday which celebrates the liberation of those who had been held as slaves in the United States which originated in Texas. However, it's now celebrated on the 19th of June throughout the United States. You know, and this varies, this varies depending on the officials that run the state. So essentially, this natural date of the abolition of all slavery, slavery in America is um, um, what actually happened in Texas on June 19th, 1865. So it's June nineteenth, eighteen sixty five. Like I won't lie, yeah, like that is not too far ago. That's not no, too not. That's not, not too far, like far it's away. Not. Let's not act like this is some far, far, far away reality that some that the trauma of the of the current community is recovering from. Let's not act like the profits that those have profited on it was so long ago that they earned those profits. Those earnings are still reputable. Those earnings are still in circulation for sure the profits of those processes which only recently got abolished are still you know are still circulating and you know that goal is to help contribute towards the answer for my question for the question that Ricky asked me earlier and um, in the emotional state I've, I've' been waking up in like like as like someone that has kind of like studied politics and has been kind of aware of the deeper politics that takes place in um, within like the world and the historic has happened historically just through studying at um up until university level the atrocities have been i've ne- i've never been able to hide from them because the policy that we make today are directly based on those things the the study is directly based on the reasons why policy are made and you can always understand the undertone of of race and the, the role where race plays and how they refer to the to the subject and the subject is the person. So like of recent in the last two weeks, like I won't lie, I'll keep up. But last week I'm sure I cried like four days out of the seven. Like gotcha. more time yeah. when I woke up and more time when I'm I'm not overspoken a lot like but like it, it's been this week has been more about me, you know, like Keep keeping my energy more grounded, keeping myself more stable, making sure that I'm not, you know, accessing too much of the pain body, as in the pain that is, or that is that resides within me. Not not you know, because obviously it's right, right. That's overwhelming for me. I won't lie. Like, and I know that as an individual, trying to encompass and embody the totality of of the of the pain which resides in the black community, in the black generation of today. Just trying to live that and try to fully phantom every asset facet of the pain is so overwhelming, it actually cripples me with emotion and has kind of led me to being that overwhelmed and to express those tears. And unfortunately, I'm used to tears of joy. Unfortunately, these are tears of sorrow. I keep it back. I don't really, I'm not one one to, over like, you know, like, shy away from my emotions. So when I do have to embrace them before they do impact my mental health on a more permanent basis, I do definitely regularly allow myself to 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 cry like like that. And when I say regularly, I mean, like, when there's an incident as, you know, 20 people being killed by police since George Floyd, as in that inter- a recurring pandemic being an incident, and that's happened only in the USA alone, you know, like, it's painful. People think it's just some think they can just post online easily, just read about and say, wow, and share it, like, and nothing happens. Even if they don't know, there's trauma being installed in you. Every single person that has to watch that video, every single person has to bear that knowledge, every single person that actually has confronted and is dealing with that reality, going out to protest, standing up to this oppression, is bearing so much trauma and pain, like, that I won't be surprised if last week, like. of those people that are going to join me in protesting tomorrow and over the weekend have been through some form of tears and some sort of emotional outpour and in a way had to take a break so that they can collect their their stability. Because, yeah, we have the tools to stabilise, but those tools are also numbing and can disconnect us from our actual mission. And in order to reattach to that pain, we have to bear the burden of the pain and connect. And that's not easy. So I really big up everybody, like big, big, big up everybody, everyone including ourselves and everyone going through this and keeping level and stay strong. Fall through to core and lean on your friends. I'm more ashamed that I'm actually expressing to you two only now that last week was a very hard week for me. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because realistically, I want to be able to feel more comfortable to just easily call. And it's hard because those moments are of weakness, but there's always light in the tunnel. And that's fact because I'm still here today after last week. And we're all still here today after all the trauma we're going through, and that's what we're gonna we're searching for—is that light. You mean?
0: That was crazy. You say all of that. You know, like it's nuts, bro. I'll be honest, bro. Just hearing you say all that stuff makes me emotional now, fam. Like, and I can probably see, like, in in because it's crazy. Everything you're saying, I relate to it totally. Like, because, bro, I've been, I've been balling. <laughs> I've been balling with tears, yo. Like. It's been so. It's this. When you're speaking, there's some things that come to my mind. I'll speak about what came to my mind at the end of what you're saying, and I'll try work my way back. Mm-hmm. Mental health and suicide amongst men. I'm starting to see how it can happen over these last two weeks. Yeah, because I've been crying. Like I've been. I will cry after seeing news. I will cry after hearing a song that I'm playing that I've played to get me through this shit. Right. I'll cry through the song, like, uncontrollable, like. And even that's even what I, I asked you guys about when you wake up in the morning, about how you feel, because I feel like every day I wake up over these past two weeks, before I look at my phone, my heart pains, and I know exactly how I feel as soon as I wake up. It's like I'm in war. It's like I'm waking up in war, like mm. I'm in, you know what I mean? Like you know when you're in war, you wake up alert. I wake up alert, bro. I wake up like, <sighs> what's going to happen today how am i going to confront it basically mm-hmm. and when it comes to like the mental health and suicide bit i'll be keeping it real like um when i cry the first few times i cried i tried not i, I tried to suppress the the, the emotion so the, the the tears which were fighting to fly out of my air ducts yeah. i was trying to keep it in and then I let it, then I started to, then I, I asked myself, is this my toxic masculinity? Not, not saying, bruv, just, just let it go, bruv. Like, this is in your heart, let it go, bruv. So I let it go, I started crying, and then I got more comfortable with, with crying. Um, and then I would, um, like you say, um, Ace, not try and um, live too long in, like, in that pain element, basically in it um, and try and choose to be able to tap into it and tap out of it basically Being, be a bit more in control of it because this is the first time I genuinely feel like I've let my very vulnerable side of me show to myself more. It's like weird, like crying to yourself is such a weird feeling, but it's such a therapeutic feeling. It's crazy. It's like God is hugging you as you're crying. Yeah. Actually, when you cry to yourself, it's crazy, man. It yeah. Um but one thing I've realized is that every single time I've cried, I haven't called not one of my friends. Mm-hmm. I haven't saying. called one of them. And that is crazy to think that I've cried like, quite a few times over the past two, two weeks, like more than enough times on one hand. Mm-hmm. And I haven't called any of my closest friends to just say, yo, I'm feeling down, I'm crying right now. I've just cried, I've gotten over it. And then one hour later, I've acted like I wasn't crying an hour ago. <laughs> That's
1: mad. No. That is
0: not sane, bruv. That is not mm-hmm. normal. And that's why men, like, that's why we, like, that mm-hmm. is us still burying. That's us, that's us still burying, mm-hmm. even after we still us burying. Because I should be able to share with you and find out that, rah, you're going through this too. And us comfort each other in this and understand that we are stronger through that. Like, we don't have to live by old principles of men don't cry to feel strong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is part, and like you said, this is part of the trauma that's being handed to us. And I definitely worry about, like, I've, obviously, I've got a little brother, he's 17. But even if he was younger, I worry because I'm like, bro, like, there's, What's he now? there's, man, there's isn't 17. it, man, man. He, he, man. He, he's he, mashing man. girls, he's playing, <laughs> he's doing the whole shebang. He's a man now, he's Big got boy. beard, he's got, he's got hair, black and shit, bro. He's a man now, bro. But, um, Yeah, I'm scared for them because they watch the same things we watch, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I'm crying as a grown man, yeah, Mm -hmm. it must be crazy for them because we never, when we were growing up, I don't know about you guys, but I never saw anything in real time happening when they're killing us. Mm -hmm. I never. No. Facts.
2: Facts, yeah. Not in real time, bro. Not in real time,
1: no. Literally, that that video was on everyone's phones within what? Within the... Four hours of it happening, yeah. probably. It happened, what, a 100,000 miles from where we all live. It's mad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. mad. it's mad.
0: And that's it. You've got to look out. So, like, even for us, like, you're, you're over the age of 21. I'm just going to put you at over the age of 21. So, if you're 22, do what you can. If you've got younger cousins, younger siblings, if you're walking through your hood, and you see a younger, just just check up on him. Just mm-hmm. be like, like nothing's going gonna, nothing's to gonna kill you. Nothing's going to kill him by just saying, yo, bro, are you okay? Literally, someone you don't know, a stranger, just mm-hmm. ask them, are you okay? We're living through mad times. I'm just checking you're okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny you say that, actually. We need that, even just as black men. Go on, bro. Because
2: that situation literally happened to me, to, to me today while I was um, on, my, on my daily routine, you know? There was a young there was a young boy, like 21 on the dot. Uh, his <laughs> mag, I asked him, I was like, How old are you? He's like 21, he's like, I look 17, so innit? it? You know, someone in heritage, and he was with um he, he was with uh, um his female counterpart. Like his uh like at the time it seems as though they were partners and the type of interaction they're having, and it was quite it wasn't very positive. You could see that like, there was some sort of conflict, conflicting issues going on. And then obviously in that adolescence, at times they. the tools that they have been you know that they've learned to deal with these kind of more intricate emotional internal conflictions aren't always there and as an older brother I clearly knew that I had been um I'm you know I'm older than this guy and that the situation to me is a bit noticeable from my past me having been in this kind of situation directly and had been making made a fool of myself and made a fool of my partner for making a fool of myself you know I, I I, I i i thought naturally, let me speak to this the brethren here you know, like let me speak to him here and make him aware that in this time the best thing to do is take accountability and and not bite back the bait your you know she the, your the the things that your you know your partner are is saying to you right now is is clearly not to hurt destroy or to Discredit you right now in this public. She said to you, she's gonna respect you as a man. She's made that disclaimer, and she's now just she's just outwardly upset. So she's not hiding her upsetness. And you know, as a man, as a boy growing up, you might you know look at that as oh, you're being respectful. I'm talking to you. I'm trying to console you, and you're still physically outward upset. Just because as men, we're used to bottling up our emotions and putting up a front, so we kind of think that. Naturally, that's how you know our female partner would act as well. And we kind of think that by bottoming up, we're being courageous, but we're actually the ones expressing the cowardice, and they're generally being themselves. So, in that time, if we are going to opt for that bottle up and hold your emotions kind of therapy, which is what a lot of most men do, then we at that time we have to still respect that that's not how your partner is going to express their pain, and you can't muzzle their expression of their pain, nor should you be gist- gaslit by it because, you know, bro, it's not against you. She's not happy here and you can't tell her now to automatically pretend she's not. And, you know, by me kind of interrupting and speaking from that kind of, you know, more experienced perspective, you bro, by the end of it, we had a freeway hug. You know what I mean? And that was something that, I, that you, don't, you don't see. You know, I'm here in between, like, this That's young brother and uh, this... Uh, you know, a black woman who's, who's been in pain just now and we're having a three-way hug, like, during, you know, during the day, during lockdown, in order just to spread the love. And I saw straight away, yeah, like, this is reality. My man, people probably wouldn't have approached my man. He he looked like, kind of like, you know, the typical, the the young adolescent now that like they kind of pop, plastered all over the news in London, inner-city urban kid, you know, with a bit of scarring on his knuckle. Yeah, exactly. So you're it it so easy to... For me to vilify him and say, "Oh, you're a bad guy doing that," but clearly, there was love present. Uh, you know, helped as an older, pe- older brother here, as an older role model, son has been through that position and done, made mistakes at his age that I could see he was making and leading up to even further, walk, like you know, escalating the situation and stepping in. And you know what? I'm alive here. It didn't hurt me. He was never going to hurt me by me asking him how he is. Is uh, it? You know. Yeah, you know I, mean? I didn't. I didn't go intrusive. Is there anything I could do here? Stop doing that. No no, 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 no. That's not being a mentor. That's not being a guidance. That's just being another oppressor. Do you know what I mean? I came in and I genuinely concerned that guys, like this is we're in a state where we need each other here. You know, from what I've seen, blah blah blah, and I think it really works. It's not a lie. Like it's not a fairy tale. That's you know what I'm trying to say because you suggested it, and today I done it. <laughs> so it's literally not a fairy tale, and it's. We weren't together today. We've not spoken today up until now. You know what I mean? So,
0: big facts. We should mm. all try and be a big brother in what we can. Like I remember mean, when I was growing up, I was. I feel like I was watching a Recess or Fillmore. Remember Fillmore, the black kid?
2: Yeah, the, the detective. The positive black man
1: in my life.
0: Guys, mm-hmm. he's a real legend. I think I remember them having like a Big Brother Day or some shit. In like these American schools, where they always have a Big Brother Day, and I feel like. You know, that's part of the shit that, you know, just off the conversation now, I've never thought about this before. Like, yeah, like, I'm a big brother to a little brother. But, you know, in our hood, there's, there's little brothers who don't have big brothers. Exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? And, like, Facts. man's not telling you what to do with your life, but you should have someone who should be a point of reference for you to ask. hmm Not that you have to go out there, find out yourself, but you're not getting the whole truth because you're actually living a reality that is not the reality of many other people you're living yeah. a much more harsher suppressed oppressed reality you don't know you're living it until exactly. either you're a certain age or you've read a certain amount or you have a big brother who will just tell you you Thanks. know Thanks. Um, yeah we should that is something I that totally we agree with you. Though. this I've is for the listeners though this is for the listeners
1: 100 like,
0: percent. i'm gonna start so a I, big brother thing you know we're just giving ideas mm-hmm. yeah
1: 100 percent I don't even think the conversation is going to go this way, but I definitely think this this is the, this conversation itself can be a whole podcast, and I think we should definitely um try booking something to to talk about this. But I definitely believe in counsel, though, like counsel from elders and just people that uh, people that have had real lived experience in life and stuff. You know, it's very important because we all don't know something, and we don't we all don't know how to process certain feelings until we get to that point. But there's obviously someone out there that's been through. Um, these things, whether it is like you know mental health or or, or just um, uh, giving advice to a younger or whatever, is very important. I definitely believe in counsel, and I definitely think it's something that, as a community, we need to do more of. You know, counselling each other through through the fuckeries that we're going through. You know, um, as like a community our, of
2: black men. You know, be specific. our black sisters been playing their women role. Women do this already. You know what I mean? Our black women have been playing mm-hmm. their role. That, this is more of a
1: situation... Yeah, black, black women have been playing their role. You know? 100%. 100%. Exactly.
0: 100%. We have, we've, it's not that it's not happening. It's because black men have fallen short of what exactly. black men and black women have been doing in that. In that exactly. exactly. Black women are up here
2: and we're, we're coming, but we're still far behind. And we need to start taking pages and start, yeah. start adding that equal amount of accountability. You know what I mean? Because yeah. every day we yeah. sat by, while well, they will blame single mothers this... Single parent household. This they used to, they didn't even say single parent. They used to say single mothers. They used to literally say all, the fallacy, all of our mothers <laughs> every day. You know what I'm trying to say? Like she had to bear the brunt of it, going to work, knowing that they're they're writing articles about her. People are looking at her like you know asking questions like, oh, how's your family then? How's the husband? Oh, I don't. We're not together. Then you know getting judged out in public because the media were coming for them. Talk less of even the way that you know certain fathers were treating. You know what I'm trying to say like. Like, yeah, you know I'm trying to say so. You know, just in our step and our tone, yeah, we actually need to rise up, you know. Like, we, let's keep it 3,000. That's three black men here that have opened up and been vulnerable and are trying to encourage that within the black male community, you know. We need to, like, and, and our listeners hearing that are subscribing to these tone, we need to call ourselves to account. You know what I mean? Facts. You know what I mean? And not Facts. let this shit slide. You get me? Hundred you know, percent, bro. Because totally agree. It's it's, it's it's facts that we have a special position as well in society and socially. You get what I'm trying to say. Regardless of what that special position has also subjected us to, it's also given us certain pri- privileges that um, our female counterparts clearly do not have access to. You know, and it's that while those doors are being open for us, we hold those doors open for our ladies as true gentlemen will, should, and as we are. Thanks. You know what I
0: mean? I like that. (laughs) I wish they could see the video and the wig. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I
1: like that. The news made us do that, bro. I like
0: that. You know, the news made us do that that. for
2: sure. I
1: like that. Thank you
2: so much for coming on the show, Ricky. Um, Love
1: Ricky Queen
2: is an artist, as we mentioned earlier, and we'll just like to leave the floor for Ricky to plug or... Of where you can find him Where you can hear his music And things you can look out for So I'll leave the floor to you Ricky
0: Love, yeah um, Yeah, find me on Instagram R-I-C-C-I-Queens Twitter, the same thing I don't use Facebook much But you'll probably find me there too Um, Yeah, I dropped a new EP Last month called Fuckerona. Rona Um, Essentially I recorded A whole EP from home Um, I mixed and engineered it myself did the graphic design myself. Essentially, I call it For Corona because I didn't want the coronavirus to hold back my creativity. So I decided mm. to give you guys nine songs. Um, I, I don't want to necessarily just be plugging um, the whole EP. Listen to that when you can. But if you want an entry level, I believe right now, through even what we've talked about today, um, when you guys have time, listen to a song called Pray the Water. It's the final song on the Top EP. track.
1: Yeah. Top track. Um,
0: and yeah, in that song, I'm just talking about life. I'm talking about my friends. I'm talking about the way the world um, holds back. Young niggas like us who have big dreams. Um, I talk about how much we, we lust for, for diamonds and the fancy things in life. And, you know, diamonds have the colloquial term as ice and water. So I say, pray the water, let it go. Pray the lust for all of these finer things in life. Pray that once I get the big mansion, My pain goes away. Pray the water, let it go. And even us talking about crying earlier, pray the water, let it go. There's so many, water has such a bond with black people in literature, you know? Um, The water is a very, very common concept that we, we delve on, but everyone uses it in a different way. So yeah, I want people to listen to it. Let me let me know what they get from it Um so we can continue the conversation, hop on Instagram Live. It's not like we ain't got anything better to do. All we can do right now is fight for justice and stay at home. Boris mm-hmm. ain't got no fucking real real rules, has he?
1: Um, <laughs> he
0: doesn't. He really doesn't. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> should keep dying. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, bro. Speak, so. on, speak
1: on it, speak on it, speak on it. You know.
0: So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Um My guy like Ace, I think I'm going to be buying you a new map soon because I was watching Jane Elliott talk about how the maps are fucking being manipulated. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think to look for a real map. When yeah. I was buying it, I was like, I was searching <laughs> a real map, real
2: map everywhere, and that's I, the I devil's map real. You know, that's why this world is a facade. Get right? me, but crazy. We'll talk about this in another, and another. It's in this is uh, this, you know. That's another
1: story. A little tidbit. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. Yeah, yeah, that's Devil's Map. Everything everything, the, everything we've been taught, we need to de-learn, man. We need to relearn everything. Everything's a lie. Everything.
2: Not everything, everything but, you know... Dave black. <laughs> everything.
1: Go on, tell me something for that. Tell me something that you believe to be fact. Like I'll, I'll debunk it right now.
2: Because I never learned all my knowledge from the oppressor, bro. I learned a lot of my knowledge oh, okay, from fine. a lot oh, of the operators comrades. In
1: school. Everything that we learned in school.
2: You know? Yeah, so I never, I never really subscribed to the oppressor's curriculum as my main facet of education. I was on, constantly in and out of that institution. I constantly challenged it. From a young age, you know, my mum was it's told like Beethoven. I thought the teacher was wrong. And I, I knew it. When I, when I heard Beethoven, I was like, this definitely is a brother. You
1: know what I mean? <laughs> yep, <Yeah>, 100%. <laughs> it's, it's uh, like <laughs> <laughs> I have you like Beethoven.
0: Here's,
1: here's a little story for you. Lot. In secondary school, we were talk, I thought know how we got into this conversation. We'll talk about black people, whatever, in, in history class, and then our history teacher turned around and was like, "Oh, you do know the reason why Bob Marley is a musical genius is because he's got Scottish, is half Scottish ancestry." And we just all went quiet and started laughing. No, nah, he he was taking the piss off. He was taking the piss <laughs>
0: off.
1: Oh. But he, 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 found it funny and it was quite funny. We just started. <laughs> like, nah, I'm joking. You know, we, you know make <laughs>